We are SC Podcast. Gary Pasquitz joined by Daryl Rideau. And Daryl, we're sitting here talking after the Tuesday practice uh, for the USC Trojans. The uh, the last week before official game week, there's going to be a mock scrimmage on Saturday. But uh, the Trojans came out here today, and I think everyone that was watching was very impressed coming off of that scrimmage on Saturday, which you might want to call lackluster or uneventful. Uh, today was a very high-energy day. It was a physical day. The Trojans were in full pads. And uh, I know you like the way that things got started in the defense set the tone early uh one of the newly elected captains went ahead and say hey it's gonna we're gonna do some hitting today yeah yeah, gary especially coming off of what i saw from the scrimmage on saturday the energy here was was undeniable Mm -hmm. and and what i think happened was it resonated and i think that there was some tongue lashing maybe perhaps in meetings that look this is going to be a defensive led team and who sets the tone early in um early on in practice was Marvell Tell, newly elected captain. I thought that he really set the tone on how this this day was going to be, at least from the defensive standpoint. And I'm okay with that because the strength of this team right now appears to be early on, at least where the leadership is coming from, is on the defensive side. And so if you are going to uh, aspire to for greatness and to at least set a standard on how you're going to practice it needs to come the physicality needs to start with how the defense comes out to play and, and what happened was it was a, a slant pattern a pretty deep slant pattern to Devin Williams and uh, Marvell lowered his shoulder and uh, Devin went down and uh, I like the way Marvell gave him a nice pat on the helmet uh, when, when he got up and he got up right away so that was good to see but uh, th- th- there was no doubt and Clay Helton stopped practice and he kind of let him know, hey, that's uh, we're all teammates here. Right. Don't forget that. But yeah, that 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 was a real nice pop. And one other thing that really jumped out to me, Daryl, was uh, this was a day that you can tell we're getting closer to uh, to game time because there was a lot of players who may have been nicked up, bruised, and who were seat- sitting out in recent days who were back on the field today. We saw Cameron Smith get a lot of action, and then that was nice to see. Um, Akili Ross. Right. Uh, what was back there quite a bit. Um, we, we, we saw all the tight ends, even Daniel yeah. Limitor Bebe. Right, right. Uh, and although he didn't appear to practice as much, mm-hmm. the fact that he was going through some of the drills, you know, thudding up a little bit, was always is a very positive sign to see all the tight ends suited up. Right. And then uh, let, let, let's let's talk about on, on offense. It's uh, it's the, the talk of the camp trying to get this quarterback competition right. to straighten out. And, and today was a little bit different. Uh, it was the first day that uh, we we saw JT Daniels throw two interceptions. They happened on, on basically back-to-back plays. Right. And uh, they were very interesting because you saw a lot yeah. in, in those two plays. And, and it's really interesting because when, <clears throat> when JT Daniels threw the two interceptions, the first question or the buzz on the sideline was, oh, my God, what's happening? You know, um, what type of looks was he getting? And it was clear from my vantage point that – he thought that he had some cover two beaters, mm-hmm. meaning that the slot receiver was perhaps going to go into a, like a corner route. First, early on in practice, he was able to get that behind in between the corner and the safety. But he has to remember that this defense is not your average defense. A lot of veterans, very savvy corners. And um, Elijah Griffin, one of the younger corners, obviously he's learning. He has a fast learning curve too. Right. What we saw was he sunk underneath the route. He showed a press coverage or like a, a cloud technique, cover two technique, and he, he dropped and bailed out late. Daniels did not see that. Then the following play, Daniels perhaps thought he saw the same look. It looked like a cover two look. No, this defense made their adjustments. They showed cover two, but ended up playing quarter, quarter halves. And so for me, Gary, this was the best situation that we could have ever asked for. Daniels to have a day that didn't quite, JT Daniels to have a day that didn't quite go his way, 
But I was more interested in how would he respond? What was his body language and demeanor? And he was fired up. He couldn't wait for that next throw. So kudos to him on how he handled that adversity. But, uh, you know, again, he's not going up against an average defense. Yeah, and, and what happened after that Elijah Griffin interception was he went right back to Devin Williams on a slant. Right. Uh, Elijah had gotten lost in coverage. Devin was wide open, and uh, he took that for a touchdown. And let's also credit Jonathan Lockett for the first interception. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Lockett went, at high, went up high to get it, and uh, he, he made the pick. And you and I had just been talking about how Lockett is that veteran who yeah. you may not see him a lot in practice there but but he's going to make his plays look and i know that this may be cliche but for me jonathan lockett is like duct tape you you always have it around you may not always pull it out of your tool chest but when you need it you know it's mr reliable and it's always going to be there and for me jonathan lockett showed you why he may be on a pitch count in practice as he's recovering from injury Mm -hmm. but when it comes to game time situation you can plug and play him anywhere in the secondary and you know what you're going to get mr consistency and mr opportunistic and let's talk about, we had a chance to listen on, on, on Brian Ellis talk about the three quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was very interesting because if you if you just came today and if you just listened to, to Coach Ellis talk, yeah. th- this competition's still still in play right. uh, for, for, right. for the coming days. And so what he was talking about with uh, with Matt Fink is he's talking about he's the furthest along in the running game. Yes. And, and that was the point he kept coming back to. And so that that's obviously very important, getting that done. Let's not forget that. Right. And, and when you think about how this team is currently crafted it's going to be led by the strength of the defense it they're going to want to be conservative early on and when I say conservative primarily establishing a strong running game so to have a quarterback that can get you in and out of the right sets and in, in the right run calls is critical early on in, in the season he also talked about the areas that Finks need to improve upon which is basically understanding his hot routes recognizing that and it's a little uh, it's a, it's an illusion when you're going up against a Clancy Pendergast coach defense because they're not going to give you the same type of looks that you might see against a UNLV or even a Texas or Stanford for that matter Mm -hmm. early on in the season. So for him to be disciplined and and really be patient, go through his progressions, is going to be paramount getting that on film. But what did he – but – there on, Gary, he talked about Jack Sears. Strengths of there. Yeah, he uh, he talked about how Jack Sears has a very good arm and that allows him to get away with a lot. His athleticism. Yeah. But the one thing that was very clear, he says Jack needs to understand the whole offense. He needs to understand pass protections. And that was very interesting because that's obviously the mental part of the game. Right. And the other guys, he was talking different things. But he's saying, hey, J- Jack needs to understand that better. And that's sitting here almost at the end of fall camp in his second year. Right. And, and so if you're Jack, yes, everyone typically leads uh, tends to defer to their strengths. Mm-hmm. His escapism out of the pocket, his strong arm, show, showcasing that. But now is the time that you need to demonstrate that you have a firm command because there are going to be times throughout the game where you're not going to be called to win games, but simply manage that process. But then there's the, the young prodigy, JT Daniels. Yeah, and basically what Ellis said was he just needs more reps. Yeah, and I, I think that's he, he talked about the two the two interceptions. He says, hey, he was late on those. He yep. got baited on it because these are things that he's just going to get better and better at as he get more reps. But you and I talked about it getting ready for the podcast, saying that's why it's hard for a true freshman to walk in here in a fall camp and win the job. You aren't going to mm-hmm. get enough reps, especially when you're competing with two other guys. Right, and when you're breaking up the reps and you're allocating them into thirds. Okay, so that really puts Daniels behind the eight ball simply because. Uh, Finks and Sears had the privilege and the benefit of competing during the spring. So, with all that being said, if if, if we were to take you know um, a baseline assessment as to where these three quarterbacks are, I would rank them this way. 
Binks being probably a little bit ahead of both Sears and Daniels. But if Sears and Daniels are even in, in terms of their understanding and knowledge base of the offense, then you have to give the nod to JT Daniels. And I think that Sears has to now compete for that backup role with, with Daniels and, and Finks competing perhaps for the starting nod. So, yes, uh, Coach Helton has not declared who's going to be the um, leader of the offense in terms of who the quarterback will be. And I think that that competition may extend beyond the first game. However, Gary, if I'm looking at it from that standpoint, based on the feedback that we're getting from the coaching staff, and these sound bites, it certainly sounds like they're going to want whomever takes the helm at that position, they're going to want to be able to trust that they can get them in and out of positions. And if they can't win games yet, don't hurt them. So protecting the ball, not turning it over, getting the, uh, the ball into the hands of the skilled players. Uh, Coach Helton said they will have the mock game on Saturday. He said he will sit down and uh, make a decision you know, early in the week, so probably Sunday or Monday, talk to the players, talk to their families, and uh, more than likely announce something uh, early next week. So that, that, that's the update on the, uh, the quarterback competition. Uh, for Daryl Rideau, this is Gary Paskowitz. You're listening to the We Are SC Podcast.